and welcome to The Check-In. This is City Limits' weekly newsroom podcast where we talk about some of the reporting that our editorial staff is working on this week. My name is Jean-Marie Evely and I am the managing editor here at City Limits and I'm joined today by Nicole Javorski who is our COVID-19 reporter and a report for America Fellow as well. Um, Hi Nicole, how are you? Hello, um, hi Jean-Marie, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks so much. Um, And so, Nicole, we're going to talk today about vaccines, COVID-19 vaccines, um, and how sort of the vaccine rollout is generally going here in New York. I know you've been following um, the updates on the vaccine program pretty carefully. It's been going on for about a month. Um, And when things initially kicked off last month, um, the initial criticism against the city and the state was that they just weren't moving fast enough to get the vaccines out to people and to distribute these doses. Um, And now things have kind of changed a bit in the fact that New York is running out of doses and getting very low on its supply. So maybe you could just catch us up on sort of what's been happening the past few weeks. Sure. So toward the beginning of the rollout, um, because that first group that became eligible um, was mostly uh, medical personnel, you know, people who are um, already, a lot of them working in hospitals, but not all of them, they concentrate their efforts first in these hospitals and they quickly realized that, you know, that they needed to expand the sites, that that wasn't really gonna uh, be the way to start off. They really needed to uh, give more options and different locations, especially given where some of the hospital systems might be concentrated and whatnot. So they realized them having the most control over the distribution was not the best, but they quickly began began to increase the number of people getting the vaccine. They expanded eligibility to people 75 and over and quickly, um, I think within a week, it was expanded again to people 65 and over. But then just as they were really starting to create some momentum, I mean, they were gonna open the city fields and these mega sites were set to open. They got a delayed shipment and they also got a smaller shipment of vaccine doses. Um, They anticipated having these doses at the very least stay the same, but they would expect that they would actually get more doses as time goes on. But instead they got less, far less, especially in one week. And so um, really just as they were starting to pick up momentum, (laughs) they ran out of supply. Um, And so that led to thousands of New Yorkers having their appointments rescheduled. And of course, um, in a time where you're just getting started, you really, the more people who get the vaccines, the better it is for kind of containing the spread in general. And, you know, the mayor was even pointing out this week that there's research now that shows that, you know, the Pfizer vaccine in particular gives you 50% protection just even with that first dose. Of course, you still want people to get both doses, but it just shows you how high the stakes are for how much it can make an impact this timeline getting people vaccinated. Yeah, and so delays in that um, area are not great. Um, And so in terms of the supply, um, obviously we have a new president um, taking over things in Washington, D.C. as well, and you reported on what that sort of means for New York earlier this week in terms of vaccine rollout. So can you tell us a little bit about what, I guess, New York officials are hoping the Biden administration is going to do for us? Sure. So I think one of the things that is not very tangible to talk about, but definitely seems to be driving some of the optimism that uh, the mayor has expressed is this kind of just 
change of being able to talk to the federal government, being able to have regular conversations, to not have as much uncertainty about, you know, things could just be thrown for a loop for not really a good reason. And so that actually, it's something that's not very tangible. You can't really put a number on that, but it's something that really does seem to be providing a lot of hope for local officials that at the very least, things might be shaky at the beginning due to having to clean up some messes, but that it's moving in a positive direction. They don't expect more wrenches to be thrown into things. And what is added to that is that there's this um, AstraZeneca vaccine and Johnson & Johnson, which are both one-dose vaccines, that they expect to hopefully come online by the end of February possibly to get the authorization. And so this is where they overlap because you can imagine that when you have a national federal government that's creating a plan, that's focusing on, okay, how do we kind of repair some of the supply chain issues, whatever from before, but also with new vaccines, you can imagine they also kind of have a fresh start to maybe roll those out better and create more, maybe more planning around how they communicate with local health officials in rolling those out. So that's one thing is just kind of like moving forward. I think there's just more of a sense of at least security that you have someone you could really have a conversation dialogue with. And you've seen even with um, the mayor, you know, praising Biden's uh, plan for COVID, that it's a very different dynamic because he's able to say, we also would like you know, for the federal government to think more about for commuter cities like New York City, where big percentages of the vaccines might be going to people out of state, that maybe going by population is a little bit tricky because maybe there's more need in a place that's doing vaccinations for another state, um, people who live there. And so he even, de Blasio was even saying that maybe up to like a third of the vaccines that have gone out so far into people's arms have actually gone to commuters, people who don't live in the city. Um, so you can imagine how the population metric might, he argues, not work as well for those allocations. And that's something that um, on top of, you know, him talking about maybe utilizing the second doses that are in reserve, that's something that de Blasio was hoping that the federal government would, or at least the state or someone would approve that. It looks like that might be happening, that the federal government might be trying to move in that direction too. Um, and a couple of things like that, but overall, I think it's really just this, um, this, better understanding that there's gonna, these issues on how many doses are coming in, when can we expect it, can we trust that they're gonna arrive, how do we know how many are gonna be there, there's really that this expectation that that's gonna be fixed. And then with um, Biden being willing to use some more of the levers of the government to improve this, um, there's, he said that he's using, he invoked the Defense Production Act, which will um, hopefully they'll be said they'll be able to use companies, get them to produce these syringes that can get more out of those Pfizer, uh, more doses from the Pfizer vaccines. And so there's just all these different things. But again, general theme is that um, there's someone they can go to to the federal government to um, at least 
let them take on some of the responsibilities that weren't being taken on before. And also to be able to come to them with maybe this isn't working in the city, how can we maybe adjust this to the situation on the ground or whatever. Um, so that's definitely a big change. And you can see it in the tone of how the local officials are talking about the Biden administration. Yeah, so a sense that maybe New York is going to have like a little more cooperation, better communication sort of going back and forth between Washington and local officials here. Um, so hopefully that will be good news in the long run. Yeah. Um, another challenge that you've reported on too, um, obviously, so New York is now in phase 1B of its vaccine rollout. So these are the different groups that are allowed and eligible to get the vaccine that's going to be expanding as we go forward. Um, and 1B includes, as you mentioned, first it was initially New Yorkers over 75, now it's New Yorkers over 65 and up. Um, and that is a huge number of people in New York City. We have a very big senior population here. So it's a pretty big undertaking to get vaccines out to all of those um, folks who are over the age of 65. And I know that's something that you've been looking into and you've got a story coming out soon about some of those challenges. Maybe you could just talk to us about sort of the, um, the senior access angle. Yes. Yeah, so um, one thing I should say at the outset is that the supply issue has made all the following these issues even more challenging. Um, but um, there's specific things that would be challenging either way, but the issue is that you have three different websites, one that's city, one state, and one that's health and hospitals, which does give a link out to the other locations, but it has its own page if you wanted to say you get your vaccine at a health and hospital site. And so it does, especially for people who are maybe less tech savvy or um, you know don't have the same access to internet, or the same um, familiarity with, with, you know, accessing a page where you're going to make these appointments and stuff on the website, um, that, you know, it's not exactly the easiest thing for a lot of people, and especially older adults who, as a population, there's just more of them who are less familiar with, with um, or less, less accustomed as well to using this type of technology. And so I think even for people who are not maybe tech savvy who have been trying to do it for family members, that they've said um, that it's difficult for them too, just the amount of time and effort that goes into it. And so the CEO of um, Public Health Solutions, which is a public health organization that has been doing certain programs with seniors as well, she was saying that for even for her own family member, trying to just the persistence of having to check, not always getting that appointment the, the first time. Sometimes you call, there's differences. Some places you can reserve directly on the website. Then there's this whole other issue. Some people might even try to book it without using the website. And there are these wait times on the hotline, understandably, because there's a lot of people calling in. And so um, it just creates a situation where there's this additional barrier of um, having to you know, access healthcare in a way that a lot of people are not used to. And that's particularly important for older New Yorkers. Um, and, and then you overlay some of the equity issues and the fact that, you know, there's still some seniors, it's a diverse group, it's just an age group. So there's so many different, you know, backgrounds that older New Yorkers have. And some might be more hesitant still to get the vaccine as well and have their own doubts about it. And one particular um, person I spoke to was saying that, you know, um, seeing the decrease, the limited supply even worries her. That it gives her a sense of like, things are not under control. It, 
of course we know that there's these issues with supply or with the website or whatever. It makes sense they're trying to do things quickly and get things out there. There's gonna be hiccups. A lot of public health officials have said that this is to be expected, but that doesn't mean that there doesn't have to be this also this effort to correct for that and help people who maybe already have this distress, um, you know, for their own valid reasons, how do you bring them in and make sure that they feel comfortable getting the vaccine? At the end of the day, the public health goal is to protect those people and everyone. Um, so those are important issues too, um, and they relate to each other. And then the other thing I'll say is that um, there's a lot of older New Yorkers who either have some mobility issues where it's harder for them to leave the home, or in some cases, you know, near impossible. And what the city has done so far is to offer transportation um, to people who can't make their own arrangements. But the mayor has even said that that's not going to be enough and that there are going to probably have to do some sort of delivery or some sort of pop-up site in the building, something of that nature to go directly to those older adults who um, would have a much harder time leaving. Um, and so um, that's a whole nother challenge because especially with the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines where there's two doses or with the Pfizer, the refrigeration uh, requirements um, and just the storage. It just makes it that much more difficult to do those logistics well when you're already kind of struggling with initial logistics. The good news is that we do see these are all issues that they're fixable, you know. This, this is something that, especially as you get more vaccines available, that the city can make those efforts and has expressed willingness to make those efforts to partner with local health organizations to go and um, make sure that these people are reached. For those that still need to build trust in the vaccine to be able to take it, it's also important to start that process as early as possible so that way that there aren't these additional doubts that are introduced that maybe make them even more confused um, and really don't miss the opportunity to give them the information sooner. Yeah, so obviously like a lot of moving parts here, a lot of like very high um, kind of logistical challenges to address. Um, well, this has been great. Thank you so much, Nicole. I appreciate you um, filling us in on what's been happening, which is a lot. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Have a good one. Thank you again for listening. Once again, this is The Check-In. This is City Limits Weekly Newsroom Podcast. Um, that was Nicole Javarsky, our City Limits COVID-19 reporter and a report for America Fellow who's working with us. You can check back next week um, for another episode of The Check-In and find all of our coverage, including Nicole's coverage of the um, ongoing pandemic at citylimits.org. Thank you so much for listening and have a great week.